From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. Jennifer Carson is the Interim Executive Director of Behavioral Health at Bartlett Regional Hospital. She welcomed the community to the Aurora Behavioral Health Center's open house yesterday. The name Aurora was chosen for the light seen in darkness. Carson says seeing a full open house gives her hope of breaking the stigma around mental health. It's exciting to see the community come out and embrace um, mental health, right? Um, Because it's a crucial piece. Mental health touches all of us, whether it's ourselves, a family member, a friend, you know, to someone in our lives. One in five individuals suffers from some form of mental health issue in their lifetime. To see the community come out and support is awesome. I, I love it. And to know that hopefully we're moving past some of those dark days where people didn't want to even admit that they had a mental health or behavioral health disorder. The services will open in phases, Carson tells News of the North. With being the first in the state to open services like this, we we want to do a soft opening also to allow the community time to get used to what our services are going to be because people are used to going to the emergency room and we also want to allow our staff the time and space to work through processes because this is the first, right? Regulations haven't been completely finalized yet either. So we want to start with adolescents first. So we'll start with the adolescent 23-hour observation as well as the seven-day residential piece. And then during that time, hopefully we'll have fully complimentary staff available where then hopefully late fall is kind of our plan to open completely with the adult side. Carson's says the reason this is the first phase is that there is a critical need in the state for adolescent behavioral health care. They will help youth 12 to 17 years old. Even though they have held their open house, Carson says Aurora isn't quite open yet. And like everyone else in town, we're still looking at bringing on some more staff. Safety first, and so without having all of the staff available, we, we just can't safely open services. We're still looking for a psychiatrist. We are short on nursing staff, master level clinicians. And if you know anybody that would like to have a job working, you know, in these critical services, but I think it's also really just inspiring time for us. We are going to be the forerunners here in Juneau with these services. So, you know, if you want a job working with with individuals, but during this time when when we're setting up these services, look on our website. BartlettHospital.org and look under employment. The Supreme Court voted to uphold the Indian Child Welfare Act, an act that was originally created to address concerns about Native children being separated from their families and being placed in non-Native homes in the foster care and adoption system. In a 7-2 decision, the court upheld the Indian Child Welfare Act. Alaska Federation of Natives President Julie Kitka said the following in a statement released by AFN about the decision. Like most Alaska Native and American Indian tribes from across Across the country, we have been anxiously awaiting this decision. The wait is over and the victory is ours. Our ways of life will continue through our children. End quote. 
Representative Paltola also celebrated the decision. Coming up next on News of the North, Hecla Greens Creek Mine has agreed to pay a $143,000 fine for violating federal hazardous waste management and disposal requirements. U.S. Senators Dan Sullivan and 13 of his colleagues on the Senate Armed Services Committee sent a letter Tuesday to the Secretary of the Navy. Andrew Chalbonet joined Capitol Chat to talk about an upcoming softball tournament. Coming up next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Hecla Greens Creek Mine on Admiralty Island has agreed to pay a $143,000 fine for violating federal hazardous waste management and disposal requirements, according to a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announcement made on Wednesday. Mike Satry is Hecla's Director of Government Affairs, and he provided comments to the EPA's announcement. Hecla and Greens Creek take regulatory compliance very seriously, and we have addressed all of the issues that... Uh, uh, EPA found uh, back in 2019. Several of them were paperwork issues which were immediately rectified. A couple of them were um, uh, things that we have done for, for many, many years that the EPA changed their interpretation on. As a result, we've had to change change our standards. And in the one area, we've also cleaned up the soil that was impacted and uh, shipped that off to a hazardous waste facility, made changes to the to the building to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Procedures, training, and management practices are now in place to address all items according to Satri. We've already moved forward um, uh, years ago on this. Uh, it's unfortunate it, it has taken so long for the EPA to issue a press release. As, as these issues were identified, we immediately changed our, our practices and, and procedures um, at the direction of the EPA to ensure they don't happen again. Satri also provided this comment. Say, you know, it, it's important to note that, you know, no harm to the surrounding environment occurred. Many of these uh, uh, violations were procedural in, in nature. The, you know, the one place where we did have uh, some soil uh, within our industrial uh, footprint adjacent to one of our buildings, uh, that has all been cleaned up. No harm to personnel or the surrounding environment occurred in, in any of these uh, cases. To read more about the violations, you can read our article on KINYradio.com. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan and 13 of his colleagues on the Senate Armed Services Committee sent a letter Tuesday to the Secretary of the Navy, Carlos del Toro, demanding he fulfill his commitment to provide an updated 30-year shipbuilding plan to the committee that abides by the statutory requirement for the Navy to maintain a minimum of 31 amphibious warships. The warship provision was originally authored by Senator Sullivan, supported unanimously by Democrats and Republicans on the SASC, and signed into law as part of the fiscal year 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. Sullivan argued that DOD's, quote, defiance of Congress in this matter sets a dangerous precedent, erodes the rule of law, and undermines the authority of the American people's elected representatives. The letter that we submitted, as you know, Chairman Kane makes it so the Secretary of the Navy two months ago committed to come back to this committee with a plan to get the 31 amphibs and follow the law. That, that's what this letter is asking him to do soon, but I think General your testimony is helpful in terms of just how important that is to the Marine Corps' overall mission. But to your point, the national security of our nation, do you believe it's broader than just the Marine Corps' mission? Sir, it is my personal and professional opinion it is broader than the Marine Corps. It is a national asset that is the true Swiss Army knife of the nation, and it must be kept forward. It is a national asset. Yes, sir. And Rochelle Bonnet joined Capital Chat to talk about an upcoming co-ed Super Draft softball tournament. 
Registration for this tournament closes Friday night. That's Friday, June 16th. So we're still recruiting for players. Anybody out there who's listening, if you're interested in please go ahead and sign up. All you need is to be 15 years or older to be eligible. It's a great tournament for all skill levels. It's co-ed, so men and women can register. To get our registration link, you'll just head to our website, junosoftball.com, or you can find that on both of our social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram. She shares what makes this tournament fun. So the the fun thing about the super draft is that it's it's like it's geared towards all skill levels. We have folks who play in lower co-ed, folks who play in the middle divisions, and then some folks from the upper divisions. And everybody kind of just like gets you know mixed up together. And it's it's really I think a really good tournament for for new people, for returning players. It's a great way to meet new people and just a, a, like another opportunity to get some more practice and play some softball. It's free for anyone to come and watch. Concessions will be open and proceeds go to Juno Softball. Saturday and Sunday, June 24th and 25th at Diamond Park in the Valley. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.